Welcome everyone. Welcome to the matter of the heart, where we always try to bring you heartfelt, positive healing stories to elevate your spirit. I am your host, Carol Olivia, and I'm really, we're always so glad that you take the time out to listen to the matter of the heart. Perseverance, tenacity, what is it? Um, does everybody have it? Is it in our immune system? <laughs> Maybe do we need a vitamin to, to, uh, to elevate it? It's, it's, um, it's how many times, it's a fascinating word. I'm sure some of you have tried something over and over and over again, and um, it just didn't get to the level or to the goal that you're seeking. And sometimes maybe we just give up. And other times we keep going forward. So tenacity, I'm gonna give you a little bit of a story about uh, uh, J.R. Rowling's J.R. Rowling is the author, I'm sure that many of you know, of Harry Potter series. And she was destitute. She was a single mother, uh, sometimes I believe writing in her car or certainly some local bars. She uh, gave her manuscript to about 10 publishers. And I saw this interview with her with Oprah. Ten about 10 publishers. The last publisher saw a unique paper clip on the manuscript and decided to actually read it. The other nine publishers, I think just jumped off the, uh, the Brooklyn Bridge uh, with no life jacket because um, this is to me a, a woman who persevered, persevered, living in as a destiny i mean it's a phenomenal story but it's something for all of us all of us put in our brain uh, and to remember so what does it take to persevere is it a mission that comes within an inner faith what are some of the guiding elements that um that gives us uh, even i was thinking dr dr craig and um with certainly like a life-threatening disease. What makes that, per what's in that person to keep persevering, persevering so that they believe very strongly that they're going to um, see a rainbow behind that, uh, behind those clouds. And should we let anyone in our lives put any type of limit on our potential? How do we embrace our potential to its very, very fullest? Well, our guest, our guest for the matter of the heart is Dr. Edward T. Cregan. There's so much background, but uh, Dr. Edward T. Cregan is the professor of the Mayo Oncology at the Mayo Clinic College of Medicine in, in Rochester, Minnesota. He has been the past president of Mayo Clinic faculty. He's the author of many publications, which I advise you to look through. I think about 80 publications. Uh, one of them is Malignant Melanoma in the 21st Century. Another one is Schizophrenia. 
received the state-of-the-art cancer therapy. And he has a very interesting YouTube caption, demystifying your next medical encounter, living with cancer. We welcome you to the show, Dr. Creek. Thank, thank you very much, Carol. And I'm gonna share with our listeners the key to the kingdom. About four hours ago, I was invited to give a commencement address here at Mayo Clinic to about 300 graduates of the Mayo School of Health-Related Sciences. And my message was real clear. Don't ever let anybody tell you that you have limits. Let me give you a couple of examples. We talked about J.K. Rowling. She was a single mom. She was destitute. She was living in the inner city of a major community in Scotland. She was in a diner, and next to her was her infant daughter, and she wrote Harry Potter. And in fact, 19, not 10, 19 publishers said, sweetheart, you better find a job because you have no role in writing. Wow, 19. Rowling today is the wealthiest woman in the United Kingdom. Yeah. Let me give you another story. There was a band called the Beatles. In the 1960s, the CEO of Decca Records said, boys, you better get a job because there is no role for a guitar band. This was the Beatles. Another group told the Rolling Stones, you guys will maybe last a year. Guess what? They've been on tour for 50 years. Walt Disney was fired by the Kansas City Star because they said he had no creative insights. Years later, he bought the Kansas City Star. So if we have a gritty determination, that inner locus of control, there are virtually no limits to what we can accomplish. So with that, and, the, and those are beautiful, beautiful examples. Um, some people might not have that gritty, you know, uh, what would you, what wisdom can you give to somebody that has, they're on the, you know, the crossroads, yes, no, no. What, what wisdom do you have for that? The wisdom that I have is focused on an inner locus of control. There has to be a goal. There has to be a process that has to be trusted because we all have a tenacity that of which we know very little until we are challenged. And I've seen a number of cancer patients who had far advanced malignant disease that went on to live a normal creative life. I have the CAT scans, the pathology reports, and I've always asked these patients, what was it that motivated you to continue? And in every case, in every case, it was the power of a relationship. It was a dog, it was a cat, it was a spouse, it was a partner, and it had nothing to do with materialism. It was never to have a bigger boat, a Mercedes, a more franchises to sell hot dogs. It was that power of a relationship to get them out of bed on a Monday morning, suit up and give it their best shot. 
So um, the power of relationships is that loving force that is supplying them with uh, faith? Absolutely. We have learned from studies of the nightmare of the holocausts in some of the camps it was the older gentleman who survived rather than the younger gentleman and it was the older gentleman who had a family that gave them that energy and that vitality to overcome the incredible inhumanity of that environment in Europe in the 1930s and 1940s. You know, that's very interesting to me. It's showing um, that this works. It you works. Know, it works. It's based on facts. It's not it's something mysterious. The proof is there. And the proof is also there that if one has a serious illness and we are marginalized, if we are disenfranchised, if we don't have a tribe, however we may be defined, the track record may not be as hopeful as if we have a family, however we describe it. And relating with that um, tribe or uh, connecting, uh, how do you think, um, as far as also a belief that they, that person can achieve their goals no matter what? We know over and over again that attitude creates reality. My wife Peggy and I have completed 26 marathons between us, 26 marathons. When we're on that starting line, we are saying to each other that we are the best in the world Oh. and we're gonna do it. If we said we're not gonna finish, guess what? We will not finish. So attitude and that mental space is a crucial catalyst to go the distance in a race, to go the distance in life. Yeah, that's interesting. So the attitude <clears throat> to me is uh, positive, positive thoughts, just yes. like overcoming any type of a challenging disease, to keep on with the positive thoughts. The positive force, the positive self-talk. Right. And there are clearly studies that demonstrate that when we have positive thoughts and positive thinking, our physiological response will be enhanced in terms of strength, endurance, and performance. And, and the Pardon me? The immune system. Without question, when we are in a relationship with a human, a dog or a cat, there's an increase in the feel-good hormones, oxytocin, serotonin, dopamine. When we are isolated, when we are under the bus, there's an increase in cortisol, which is the stress hormone that paralyzes the immune system. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I can't help but think, because I'm sure you've heard so many people have said, I've tried, I tried, you know, tried and tried. Maybe it's not so many times how we try, but not to think of it as a number, but to think of it as the event that will happen that we're pursuing. It's the process that we must embrace, not the goal. For example, I am a piano player. My teacher said, I love you, baby, but you're not ready for prime time, so you better keep up your medical license. 
<laughs> when I practice, right. I'm, I'm embracing the process. My goal is not to make Carnegie Hall. Give me a break. Elton John is not fearful that I'm going to go on the road. Right. Joel is sleeping real well because <laughs> I'm not a fit. But when we embrace the process, right. that's when we go the distance. You know, that's also, so when we're embracing the process, that's more coming, emanating from our heart, more of like a loving energy, because we're believing what we're doing. So that's uh, to me like a loving force, and that has to help the immune system. And that loving force provides an energy, a karma, a space to actualize our potential. Steve Martin, the comedian, wrote a book, Be So Good They Can't Ignore You. Oh, that's interesting. Get so good that they can't ignore you. You know, um, be so good, but you know, another word popped up to me in my brain, kindness. I think if we're surrounded with kindness, we might persevere more. Kindness is a positive energy. Kindness attracts us to like-minded people. Kindness is healing. Kindness is a salve for the soul. It attracts people to us. That gives us a tribe. Right, that's what I was thinking more and more. You know, if we're uh, kind to our heart um, and people around us are kind to us, we can't help but persevere more. Yes. The late Robin Williams made the comment that every one of us is struggling with something of which we know nothing. So be kind always. Oh, how interesting. Yeah, no, that's very, very interesting. What I'm just curious, uh, uh, Dr. Cregan, do you have any interesting story of one of your patients? Yes, perseverance. I, I have many stories of interference, of perseverance. Let me give you one. Many years ago, actually 1998, a gentleman from a Midwestern city came to the Mayo Clinic with a virulent black mole malignant melanoma over his right shoulder blade. And this was surgically excised in 1999, and the lymph nodes under the armpit were removed. Of the 20 lymph nodes, 19 harbored this angry metastatic cancer. The probability of survival at that time was about six to nine months. 30 years later, he is without any evidence of cancer. He's married. He's a professional, has wonderful children. So that's one example of an individual who didn't follow the rules, who has done amazingly well. Let me tell you another story. A gentleman worked in a factory that manufactured batteries. In 1984, he had vague abdominal pain. Our technically gifted surgeons found kilograms of malignant melanoma throughout his abdomen. The surgeons could not remove the cancer. I was asked to see him postoperatively, 
and we talked about how dire this situation was. Over several months when he returned, he had no treatment and the cancer completely disappeared. So every one of us in the cancer arena has these sorts of stories that defy explanation, but in every case, the catalyst for healing was the power of that relationship. The power of the relationship. Well, can it also be the power of the relationship between the patient and the doctor? Uh, yes, there is a healing power behind that therapeutic relationship. And today, that relationship is being compromised. It's being diluted because of the electronic health record. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. But physicians but, today are spending more time feeding this carnivorous digital dragon than face to face contact with the patient. So, is there limited time with the office visits? Absolutely. And that limited time is being devoured, it's being evaporated by the point and click. For example, we know that in a shift, of about 18 hours for internal medicine residents, they will spend 14 hours feeding the computer rather than face-to-face -face contact with a troubled patient and family. So that's very upsetting to me. So how do you, is there a way to balance that out? Or how one, way to, one way to balance that out is to participate in workshops and boot camps okay. so that we become more proficient. Right. However, there is a limit. And with many of these electronic health records, we will spend dozens of extra hours per month keeping records which have very little to do with clinical care. You know, this, this baffles me. So let me think. <laughs> Um, so not everybody's going to necessarily go to a workshop. And if they don't, right. they must be rested, fit, and right. engaged with that patient to maximize the power of that therapeutic encounter. Right. Wow, that's amazing. That's totally amazing. And I'm sure that's very frustrating to doctors like yourself. And that's why right. there is a rate of burnout of about 40 to 50% among physicians right. because of these frustrations. Oh, and that's, I guess, has happened over the past, what, couple of years or? Oh, this really started about 20 years ago, but clearly has reached a public health crisis. Okay. Well, then I'm trying to think how you circumvent that to me, because to me, the relationship of a doctor and that human connection, you know, of the doctor and the patient is to me, I, you know, so important for cure or for healing. Um, so, and maybe they don't all go to workshop. I'm just trying to think how do, how do you, is there any other way to navigate this? You mentioned- Yes, one way to navigate uh, is to find a physician right. or a caregiver right. that has a genuine interest in you and me as a patient. And when we see that provider to be focused on our concern 
rather than a laundry list of 11 complaints. What's the one or two major issues that we're concerned about? And let's not get distracted with professional sports and politics. Right. Right. Okay. Well, then that's a way to navigate it. That's one way to navigate and to be certain that if you're not satisfied with that provider, we have a right to seek an alternative clinician to help us navigate the system. Right. Right. Well, you know, what you're talking about is another example of perseverance. Perseverance, tenacity, priorities. Right. That patient, well, in in a roundabout way, the patient might learn to um, empower themselves more, to love themselves more. Absolutely. To be engaged, to be alert. Right. To bring someone with them to the encounter because two ears, two eyes are better than one. Right, right. Wow, that's amazing to me. Um, so what, what are some of the wisdoms of perseverance that you have? Some, some of the wisdoms of perseverance from your are, to, are to recognize that we have limits. Right. To recognize that we cannot fix everyone. Right. And we need to have an element of acceptance, an element of serenity, simply because we are not in control. And that's where a belief in a higher power, however we define it, can be life enhancing. Right. Well, that's also very, uh, in one way, very spiritual, that um, I happen to also agree that we're not in, certainly we're not in control quote, control, whatever, but yes. uses that famous word. Um, and that if, if we recognize that, we can become closer to the bonding of the creator or God. Yes. You know, because we're allowing that energy to, to be the highlight or the focus or the, the empowerment, you know? The, the empowerment to seek the path that is most in alignment with our energy and with our needs. Right, right, right. No, I, I agree with you. Um, I had spoken to one oncologist in Boston, and I asked him what also made some of the patients um, feel better, if there's such a word, after they finished the treatments with uh, you know, radiation. And he said to give back to give back to society, to help others. Yes. To recognize that they have been given a gift of completing a treatment. And when we have a gift, we are obligated to share that gift, whether it be in the athletic arena or in the musical arena. And that's why, for example, in chemical dependency, many individuals who have achieved sobriety have that need to give back to fellow travelers. Well, you know, then I always believe a negative becomes a positive. You know, I just think that's the way life is. Yes. You know, and um, the empowerment, then it can be extremely, going back, empowering for that patient uh, to connect. Maybe they never connected to a higher source. Almost always, Carol, at that 
dark moment, right. almost everyone intuitively reaches out for a higher power, however we may define it. Uh, this may be a natural force, this may be a personality, this may be a guru, but there's that intrinsic human need to reach out to some saving power, however we define it. And with that, uh, to me, that would um, enhance the perseverance. It enhances the perseverance because it gives meaning and purpose to life. Right. For one of our patients, there was a need to get home and see Rex. And I assume Rex was a spouse or a partner. Rex was a 90-pound German Shepherd cross. Right, right. Yeah. So people with pets do better with adversity. And although I have not done studies, I think people with pets are better looking than people who don't have pets. Oh, wow. <laughs> I love that. That's interesting. Well, they're taking care of an animal. Yes. And maybe they're thinking, I mean, subconsciously, you know, taking care of themselves. Yes. You know, and it's their home. They're nurturing the animal. Yes. Sometimes more than a partner, <laughs> you know, but they're nurturing the animal. The, you know, the animal is giving them love. Yes. And because the animal is giving them love, well, then they're giving themselves love in return. And Carol, no one can speak about their dog or a cat without smiling right. and explaining why their cat is the smartest cat in the galaxy. <laughs> and no one can speak about their dog without smiling or laughing, but they can speak about their partners without smiling or laughing. You know, that's very interesting. Yes. That that's a great show by itself. You know, that's fascinating. Yeah. Because that animal is providing, it's opening up their hearts. Unconditional acceptance. Right. Unconditional love, regardless of what no, we do. Right. Right. No, regardless of what, I'm sorry, what was that? Regardless of what we do. Right. Where we work. The name tag, right. the diploma. Oh, Fido okay. doesn't care. <laughs> right. <laughs> all, all the masks are off. Absolutely right. We are I, naked. We are naked before the cat. Right. Right. That, I think that's another thing, and maybe that also helps with perseverance. Sure it does, you know? because we know no matter how lousy we feel, right. Fido has to go outside, the litter box has to be cleaned, right. so we marshal that energy to get the job done. Right, right, right. Interesting. Sure, no masks to me uh, going back to our source. Right. Going back to nature, you know, to getting back to who we are, and nature has perseverance. Sure. Right. There, there certainly have been reports when individuals were in the midst of a hurricane, uh, the nuclear problem in Japan, that about 70% of pet owners would not leave their pets in harm's way. Yeah, I find that amazing. totally amazing. 
And that would be our philosophy. If it was a tornado was coming, we would not leave our two cats and our golden retriever behind. Okay. That's the connection. We would, we would not abandon them. On a heart level. And we've also learned never to look at the veterinarian bill. Here's the credit card, just swipe it. I don't care what it costs. Uh, oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. And one needs to be reasonable, but I believe the right. pet industry is the only industry which has not had a substantial downturn despite market vicissitudes. Right, I know what you're saying. That's also very interesting. Despite what the stock market goes or the recession right. or recession or whatever you want to help, whatever you want to call it, right? People have a connection to animals, right? So you give the credit card right. to the vet right. office, just right. swipe it, we'll right. take care of it, right? Wow, fascinating. Well, this has been fascinating, Doctor Edward. This is fascinating. Thank you so much. Now, you are a superb interviewer. You should be on 60 Minutes. You're great. I would love to. I'm serious. Great. I really so would. If you get on, invite me to be part of the show. I, uh, there's no question. No question. <laughs> Good. Good. All of your, I really mean it, too. Thank you. Um, fascinating stories. Fascinating. Well, you've been listening to The Matter of the Heart, and I've been your host, Carol Olivia, and you've been listening to guest... Dr. Cregan, who's complimented me very much, and I think he will be a guest Good. when I'm on 60 Minutes, everybody. Carol, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go, sweetheart. Okay. With his two dogs and... No, one dog and two cats and one wife. <laughs> so all, all of us go on the show together. Okay. Well, one I'm, wife, two cats, one right. dog. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, thanks so much. We hey, Carol, you're the best. Thank okay, you. Bye -bye. And we hope you've enjoyed the show as much as I have, everyone. This is Carol Olivia, and the show is The Matter of the Heart. Thanks, Carol. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let me see.